Hey, it's Tim Young in the building. Won't you tell me how you're feeling? Listen, I'm so excited to be here right now, inviting you to Pop Gospel Speaks Radio, our online radio station. I want to take the time to tell you a little bit about us, provide you with our mission and our values, okay? PGS Radio is a listener-supported platform created to inspire worldwide audiences to abide in, connect, and share the gospel. As a diverse community of speakers and artists, we are committed to delivering authentic content that cultivates growth in relationships, purpose, and the word of God. Our values, PGS Radio values service in providing opportunities for messengers of Christ to have access to larger audiences. It is our aim to present thought-provoking perspectives, real-life experiences, wisdom, and knowledge through music and conversation. If you are interested and want to be a part of us, please contact info at popgospelspeaks.com. That's info at popgospelspeaks.com. And please tune in right now, today. You'll hear something amazing. Popgospelspeaks.com. I'm Tim Young, and I'm so happy and excited to see you there. Welcome into Other People's Shoes. If you are hearing this on March 17th, I just want to tell you right now, I hope you're wearing green because I'm going to virtually pinch you if you are not, because I'm going to pinch you awake today. Because don't we pinch ourselves? Like sometimes we're like, am I dreaming? Am I not dreaming? And we kind of pinch ourselves. So think about it like that, that we're pinching ourselves awake today because today's guest, I think is going to wake us up to a new reality of what we need to maybe walk into and embrace. So help me welcome in my guest. She she travels the world. It's kind of like Carmen San Diego. So let's go back in time just a bit. PBS, I remember this. This helped me with my geography growing up. Like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? The Rockapella group sang that. So for copyright reasons, I can't play their music. Fix that, by the way. But help me welcome in. She's sometimes in Flagstaff. Sometimes she's in L.A. Sometimes she's in Borneo. Sometimes she's in who knows where. But today we found her, I think, in L.A. But help me welcome in my guest, Raina Rose. Raina, how are you today? Neil, it's such a joy to be here. It's such a, it's just such an honor talking to you. The little bit of time we've chatted before the show, it, um, you were just a stand-up guy, and I'm really honored to be here chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. And and I know you're not wearing red today, which I'm kind of excited about because I forgot to tell you this maybe, but I'm not, not a huge fan of red. I don't know why, but I think it probably stems from high school days. So, you know, 20 or plus years ago, I'm holding that grudge still. Like our high school rival <laughs> wore red and black. And oh. then I start liking college teams like this, this North Carolina team uh, out in Chapel Hill. And they're one of their sort of rivals. I don't know if you can really call them that is North Carolina State, which they are also red. And so when I think of red, I don't think of passion. I, I do think <laughs> of roses. So you, you got that part good or well. Uh, but I just, yeah, I have a problem with red. So thanks for not wearing red today. <laughs> Well, you know, I wore green because I knew we, we would be airing, or I didn't know we would be airing on St. Patrick's Day, but, you know, something in me must have known. <laughs> Deep down, you're like, I, I'm not going to wear red for Neil. I'm going to, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so getting into this, I know you are like, just like I said at the onset, right? Carmen San Diego, you're kind of everywhere, but where are you today? <laughs> So today I'm in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, I live, my actually physical address is Flagstaff, Arizona, up in the mountains there. Um, but you're right, I have been, especially for the last five, six years prior to this, I was working on a private jet and literally um, had one client who lived in many places around the world. And so I would be on the aircraft traveling to who knows where for five months, come home for six weeks and be out again for five months all over the world. So it, to be in only two places feels very settled for me. <laughs> I got to be honest, it probably helps you with the time zone difference too, right? Because I know typically, you know, Arizona may be like an hour ahead and, you know, LA is on that Pacific time, which I'm a big fan of because that's where I am. Yeah. Right? So 
That's awesome. Definitely. I have like, um, I'm pretty good mentally with time zones, but I also, um, on an iPhone, at least they have the world clock on there. So I have, you know, everywhere from Moscow to UK and Singapore, just for when I need those time zones, I can just pull them up real quick for reference. That's fun stuff. So my favorite question that I like to lead off with is this. And, and if, if, if it's too weird, I'm sorry, but we got to know it. Right. And, and I know, you know, not only do you have a show and we'll get into that a little bit later, but you've probably been interviewed on a number of shows as well, but I guarantee this, no one has asked you this question. Are you ready? Uh-huh. All right. What style of shoe do you like to wear? You know, I actually listened to some of your shows before and I, which are amazing by the way. So your listeners are, I can tell incredible just from listening to the past episodes, um, really enjoyed those. And, um, you know, I just like the answering the question where I live, it's like all over the place. My shoes. That's one of the reasons actually I love traveling is because I'm a total fashionista and I love that in one place, you know, like when I'm in SoCal, it's like, you know, vans and uh, rainbow sandals and, you know, but sometimes some wedges if I'm wearing a cute dress, you know? So I'm such a, a fashion woman that you you could see me one day and think I'm like kind of a skater chick or something with my vans and my, you know, jeans and whatnot. And the next day you think I'm just this prissy girl in high heel wedges and a pretty dress and a flower in her hair. You know, you, you just, it, it varies so much. <laughs> And I like that. It's fun. It's like, so if we were going to nail you down, kind of like what we're trying to nail you down to, to location wise today, what, <laughs> what shoes can we, can we try to get into today? Oh, today, you know, today I think we're trying to go barefoot. Okay. All right. That's dangerous. So we're not in yeah. any shoes though. That's the sad part. You know, some people don't have shoes. That's true. Right? There are people in other um, countries that don't have shoes. That's true. You know, one of the, um, we were talking earlier about the, I have some orphanages I work with in Russia. And one of the girls who now works for the orphanage, she was the orphan. And um, the guy who runs Orphan's Tree for Russia, she he's a lot older now. And she says, I remember him putting the first pair of shoes I ever had on my feet. And so it's crazy because she's only in her thirties, you know, and she can remember this man, George Steiner, putting the very first pair of shoes, like real shoes she had on her feet. That to me is powerful. And and I think there's so much power in shoes, you know, past episodes, we've had Samaritan's feet on where they're shoeing kids, um, you know, around the world, providing yeah. shoes for people. Uh, we've, we've had other guests on talking about other countries, how people don't wear shoes and how shoes are, are this precious item that, that you and I, I'm speaking maybe for you a little bit, but we kind of take for granted, right? Yeah. Cause we can go down to, I know Payless isn't, ex, you know, it, it isn't in existence anymore, but we could go down to a department store and pick up a pair of shoes and it's no big thing. But for oh, yeah. other people in other countries, it's a big thing. And so I think people forget that sometimes it's nice to have that reminder. Definitely for sure. So speaking of you, can we talk about you for a sec? We good with that? All right. Perfect. So if someone were to look at you, right. And, and meet you, what do you think the first thing someone would notice just by looking at you? Usually people notice my eyes up close. They're a pretty brilliant color of blue. Um, and so, and especially now that we're masked these days, you know, it's about the only thing you can see anyway. So usually people notice my eyes and, and they'll comment. Like, wow. You have really beautiful eyes or really blue eyes. Um, so that's usually the first thing people will comment about noticing. What's the first thing you usually notice about people? You know, I probably notice, and, and this isn't a physical thing, but their kind of energy, um, their mood, you know, if they're kind of slumped and sad or like really excited about, or, or kind of overdoing it. Like, uh, you know, when someone's like maybe really broken on the inside, but kind of acting really happy, um, I really notice people's energy and I think I've been in, I think we all have, you know, we've been on all these different parts of the spectrum of, um, you know, we, we, most of us have experienced some touch of like being pretty depressed and apathetic and not knowing what to do in life. I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now. Uh, you know, hopefully by the time this airs, we're post pandemic, but you know, the statistics say we won't be. 
you know, so a lot of people are feeling stuck, depressed. And so seeing that even sometimes with a happy smile uh, masked over it, um, all the way to, you know, someone really expressing their pain or just really being genuinely joyful. I think that's really the first thing I noticed kind of growing up all around the world. Sometimes you would ask me like, was that person um, Indian or black or white or, you know, Asian? And I would be like, ah, let me think, you know, I, I could tell you what they said and what they felt and what they, uh, their energy was like in their personality. But um, the physical attributes that I, there's something that I, I know them now and I pay more attention, but I, I wasn't paying attention to that as a kid. I was always paying attention to how they made me feel, what they said, what we talked about. I think the reason why I asked that question is because right now I'm in this series of how do you see me now? Mm -hmm. The flip side of that, right. Is somebody's like, well, are we talking about you, Neil? Are we talking about how we see you? No, no, no. We're talking about your, my guess. Hopefully is this <laughs> idea. Like if, again, if, if we were to, to bump into each other, maybe on a first class plane ride, or, you know, maybe in this private jet, I don't know how I got on the private jet, maybe because awesome. I'm one time awesome. Cause I can't even imagine being on a private jet. And like, I don't even have a concept of that. I couldn't either. When I first, uh, I actually put this on a vision board, like five years before I got the job. Had, and I was just like, you know what, if this stuff works, I'm going to go big and I put like private jets and yachts and all this stuff on the vision board. Right. I mean, I'm just like, whatever, if this works, I'm, I'm going to put it all up there. And, you know, I didn't own the things like I was kind of thinking in my mind, but I got to be paid to fly on private jets all the time and go to the yacht shows and all this stuff that I, I just like got to live vicariously this billionaire life. Um, and so, you know, it's funny you say, how would I get on it? And it's like, we never know how God works. Even the most, uh, it, we might consider shallow dreams. Like God's like, you know, I care about the things you care about. And I'm going to have you work on a private jet and get to experience that. And it's going to be awesome. You know? Well, I keep hoping, you know, North Carolina season tickets just show up in my mailbox or maybe even FedEx to me. But, you know, as of yet, maybe they're you still at the know? FedEx facility. Who knows? But I you see, could have a raving fan day who's like, hey, I got box seats. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Call me. Uh, my number's on the website. Um, but <laughs> I say that because I think so many times as people, right, me as a people or me as a person, you as a person, we see somebody, we look at them, and we immediately do, usually in my mind, one of two things. We start judging mm -hmm. or we start trying to figure out who they are, like who they are really. Like if I'm yeah. looking at this person, like you were talking about their energy, uh, some mm -hmm. may even say aura. I don't know if you would say yeah. that, but, but this, this kind of how they are, their countenance, their body language, all this stuff. Like I, I spend most of my days on a telephone and so I'm hearing somebody's voice and based on their voice, based on what they're telling me, I'm making judgments and assessments on what they're telling me. And so that's why for me being actually visually being able to see somebody Right mm -hmm. now, and of course, in this pandemic, post, pre, whatever we are, who knows? I think to me, finally seeing somebody for who they really are has been such a value to me in trying to learn that and discern that and figure that out. So that's why I asked that question. So, you know, it is interesting you say that because, you know, as I talk about, I, you could really think many different things of me based on like clothing and shoes and things. I have a friend who is, um, she does all the clothing for TV shows and she's also a style consultant. And she says that statistically people will sum you up in four seconds before even looking at your face. So they will look at your shoes, your clothes, your you know jewelry, whatever you have on before they've even gotten to your face. Four seconds, they've made an assumption about you know how much money you make, what you do in life, how confident you are, all kinds of, um, which, may or may not be true on some people you know there's a reason we uh god's given us a, a, a mind that can assess and analyze um but it is interesting you say that because statistically within four seconds before even looking at someone's face um we've made some sort of a judgment and it doesn't mean we can't go back and say maybe my judgment's wrong but we do we make those snap judgments it's just human so have you ever caught yourself doing that because i'm wondering about this like for me when i meet people for the first time this is what I noticed. I noticed two things. First thing I noticed is eyes. So you hit it, as you said, you know, you think uh -huh. people notice your eyes. Second thing I always look at, actually, it's usually flip-flopped. I look at your shoes first, then I look <laughs> at your eyes. And I don't know why I do that. And I think, well. Did you do that before your show? Yeah. 
I did. Wow. And I, and I think part of it, so let me restate that. I think part of the reason why I started doing that is I was obsessed and still kind of am. I think everyone on the planet has probably seen this movie, but Shawshank Redemption. And towards the end of the movie, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to wreck it for you. I don't know how you haven't seen it, but you're probably under a rock somewhere. But towards the end of the movie, the main character, Andy Dufresne, is walking through you know, the, the prison as he's getting ready to escape. And he's wearing the warden's shoes and he's shined them up real nice and polished them up all nice and pretty and nobody notices his shoes. Morgan Freeman is actually narrating that scene and he goes, I mean, really? How often do you pay attention to a man's shoes? The minute I heard that, I'm like, you know what? Life declaration. I'm going to pay attention to people's shoes. And that was way before the podcast, like way before I even like wow. was inspired by my wife to start the podcast. And so uh -huh. to me... There's such value in seeing somebody's shoes. Little did I know what it was going to obviously blossom into. So I just was wondering if you've ever really noticed anyone's shoes. That's all. You know, I, I do, do notice people's shoes, um, you know, if they've got cute shoes or really nice shoes. I think, I, I again, I like fashion, so I notice a little bit of everything. Um, particularly particularly <laughs> there's some words I grew up in a British uh, school. So there's some words I still like have trouble saying in American English. A spot and, of tea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, literally, like I usually would say literally if I'm like just not thinking, but anyway, particularly if someone has really, uh, really cares about their outfit, like you can tell they put it together and they didn't just throw on some sweats and leave the house. That's when I'm, probably more prone to really look at the shoes. You know, they, they spent time putting this together and I want to uh, recognize the art, which they made in their outfit. And I think um, that's fun. And at the same time, sometimes I like to go out in the house in some sweats and tennis shoes and a ponytail and, and a hat. You know? Yeah. I, I, we could talk shoes all day. So all day. Um, I'm curious about this for you. And, and I don't know, I don't know if this is a true statement or not, right? Because I don't know. I don't know you. We don't know each other. But I'm, I'm just curious about this from a standpoint. Um, who or what has robbed you of your identity? Robbed me? Yes, correct. Robbed you of your identity. Well, you know, I would say probably the only person who could truly rob me of my identity would be me myself um you know so growing up in um brunei so my my dad was a pilot on one of these private jets when i was a kid and he flew for the sultan of brunei which before bill gates the sultan of brunei was the richest man in the world and so i actually went to this international school on the other side of the world with princesses and the cool thing was um, although the princesses traveled with two bodyguards apiece, there wasn't this huge distinction between like she was a princess and this person is Indian and that person's Asian and that person's white and the, they're Muslim and they're Christian and they're, it was all very celebrated in this international school, your differences. Um, you know, and I had kind of probably like outdated late eighties clothes, you know, <laughs> like I, and, uh, you know, but I had like my pink skirt with black polka dots and leggings and, and socks, like probably two pairs, three pairs of socks, you know, the scrunchy ones, <laughs> you know, and so, but, and nobody else had that, but it was cool because that was me. And I was from where I was from. And, and then I moved back to Orange County, California. And if you've ever seen that show, like Orange County Housewives or anything like that, it is you fit into this tiny mold that everybody else, we all look the same. We listen to the same music. And it was actually, it was shoes. It was like, if you're not wearing Converse, you can't sit at our lunch table. And you know, for the first time in my life, it, differences were, were not celebrated. That you were actually like ostracized for having any differences. And I had never experienced that. And trying to fit into that, you know, when I was a kid and, the mold that you had to wear these kind of clothes and these kind of shoes. And, you know, I actually did go out and get those, like, uh, those blue vans with the, like on your show with the stripe, you know? <laughs> um, and cause there was like, you know, a lot of surfers and skaters in the school. Uh, and I think the only person who robbed me of my identity was me, me trying to fit that mold that I wasn't created to fit. When you say you weren't created to fit it, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, we're, we are all so unique. And um, so one of the things I talk about in my book is that um, I don't wrap the answers up nice in a box with a pretty bow for people. 
because I can't answer your spiritual questions. You know, I can give you some basics, but it's mostly questions, helping people to ask themselves deeper questions and really get to their own bedrock of faith and, and finding God in a way that's meaningful and, and it's very contemplative. Um, and so I really do believe like God's, we all have different fingerprints, right? Our, the, our eyes are all different, even if they look similar, like we're, we're all unique and we have all been knit together in a very different mold. And so when we're trying to be like someone else or look like someone else or take someone else's identity, that's a mold we're not created to fit. And so even, you know, uh, when I was singing and someone would say, you know, you're going to be the next Celine Dion or when I'm, you know, doing TV, you're going to be the next Oprah. No, I'm going to be the first Raina Rose, you know, I'm the only Raina Rose because this was the mold I was created for. And the things that are on my heart, those purposes are unique or God wouldn't have made me and placed me on this planet. I think that's the stereotype, right? Is we immediately see somebody, whoever it may be, and we think I'm going to go be that person. I'm going to go be the next, in my case, you know, growing up, it was Michael Jordan, right? I'm going (laughs) to be, I'm going to put on those Air Jordans. I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan. Or maybe in a lady's case, perhaps they see Cinderella and they're like, all I need to do is find that glass slipper and the prince will show up and I'll get all this stuff and, and I'll be taken care of. And it's like, but that's not who you are. And I think, again, going back to it, maybe you're saying this is that we have to, we, you, maybe we'll just stick with us. You and I have to identify the fact that we are not somebody else. We have to be us, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. And, and I know for you, I read on your, your website, you had something unique happen to you. Like mm. your name, if we're being truthful, wasn't always Raina Rose. Right. Not that you're withholding that, not that you're lying by any means, because you're not. Yeah. The way I said that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> she's lying. She really is Raina Rose. She's legally Raina Rose, but That's you right, I always her. Raina Rose. You didn't always identify and that even sounds like weird to, to me. <laughs> a whole nother topic. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, right? But, <laughs> but for, You're right. For you, you weren't always Raina Rose. Your parents, when you came out of the womb and they wrote on your birth certificate, they didn't write Raina Rose. That's right. What did they write? Right. So um, so you're talking about a situation. So it actually, it's a longer story than I even put on the website. And I'll share with your audience a little bit. So when I was in my late 20s, I started... Um, delving a little bit into contemplative prayer and I uh, was, and just being more thoughtful, right? (laughs) Just a little bit, but I was still very honestly selfish. I was, uh, you know, just greedy. I was broke all the time and just looking to grasp onto whatever, you know, like I could. Um, And, you know, really self-conscious, just, I hadn't really developed as a a human yet. Um, And so I remember I was driving back um, from somewhere at one point and God placed on my heart really strong. I'm making you a queen and everything you're about to go through is to make you a kind, a generous, humble and gentle queen. And I remember I'm like, you know, 26 or something. I'm like, God, that's weird. (laughs) That's all all I had to say was God, that's weird. Like, what do you mean you're making me a queen? And you know, like I said, it was all these things that were not kind, gentle, humble, generous. And so, um, That was, you know, 10 plus years prior to my name change. And so, you know, after that, my brother died after that, like I went through a lot of things that um, really did give me empathy, um, make me generous, you know, uh, kinder, gentler to myself and other people. You know, I was always like such a a hustler, a pusher. I was going to get these things done. And I still am that way in a sense, but I'm gentler with myself and others now. I can, I can accomplish things in grace without striving. And I still have to keep myself in check, but go down the line. And I was on that job, um, just traveling around the world, having this amazing lifestyle. And there was one of the pilots that worked on the plane who I knew going into the job, but I didn't have enough self-respect to be honest, to even, um, you know, say anything. And so I knew that the last girl got fired for standing up to this guy. And so when he was abusive to me, when he'd say, hey, your ASS is hungry, it's eating those pants at work, right? At work. Um, or you better hurry up and get married and have kids because once you turn 35, your ovaries are going to shrivel up and die. And I'm like 33, you know? Um, and like all this, like constantly for five years, all the time, just berating me, you know? And I just was, I would go back to my hotel 
room and cry, but I wouldn't say anything because Melissa played small. Melissa didn't want to lose her job. Melissa didn't want to make waves. But finally, five years later, after I had been singing under Raina for a long time, I had been writing um, some travel articles under Raina. Um, I finally stood up to the guy. He, of course, didn't like it. And I finally reported him to the company, knowing that I would probably get fired because it's easier to replace a flight attendant than it is a pilot. And so, um, but I said, you know what? Melissa played small, but Raina stands up for justice, even in the face of loss. And if I can't stand up for justice in the face of losing a job, how will I stand up for justice in the face of nations or whatever God calls me to in the future? And so there was no choice but to go in, do what was right, say what had been going on and and take the loss because of it. You know, and honestly, I have been, you know, doing some of my own business things. Thank God I saved God bless me to save a lot of money in that job. But for almost two years now, I haven't been working in that industry. I've taken just a couple flights here and there. Um, and been, you know, working on my book and stuff, which isn't really a big money maker, but it's definitely fruitful in other ways that God has blessed it to be fruitful. Um, but you know, it was a huge hit and it really hit my identity of being someone who is, I have to be radically generous in other ways than money right now. And it was just so easy when I was making tons of money, you know, to sponsor the orphanage and to bring people to, you know, and their kids to Disneyland because, I knew they couldn't afford it, but I could, you know, like it was really easy to be generous with money. Um, and now I'm having to find other ways to be radically generous, whether that's like having people on my show and promoting their business, or I created this summit right at COVID with 85 speakers and people could come in and learn how to get their business online or cope with um, tragedy and hard times. And so um, it's really been a challenge to be Raina, like to step up into what that queen is. Melissa means honeybee, Raina means queen. Um, and sometimes I want to just like retreat back into being Melissa because it's easier. <laughs> um, but it's like God called me to be this queen and not in like I'm reigning over people kind of queen, but this servant queen that is like, okay, I have a responsibility for the community God's called me to. And I need to take that responsibility seriously because this is the kingdom. This is his kingdom. And he's entrusted me with this part of the kingdom. And so it's been um, challenging. And um, it's mostly challenging right now. And I see the rewards coming and I see, you know, like sometimes when people will say, hey, you know, I read your book and all this guilt and shame lifted off of me. And I, I was feeling too guilty and shameful to walk in my purpose that God has given for me. But now that this lifted, I'm walking in my purpose again. Thank you so much for writing this book. And like I said, it's, it's not coming through in, in dollars at this moment, but I have to like see the fruit where it is and be like, all right, God, I know you'll continue to provide. I, I still have savings. I still um, am walking in what you've called me to. And when I've gone back to aviation, um, because that's always been like my cash cow, um, I did it once during this time, twice. And, but the second time he was, God almost audibly said, if you don't go where I've called you, you're going to end up in the belly of the whale. Keep walking in what I called you to. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Did you lose your job when you, when you turned him in? I did. Okay. Yeah. You did end up losing your job. Mm -hmm. To me, that's sad, but we could go down that road. <laughs> I'm sure. It is sad. And, that, and that's a reality. And, you know, still for a lot of jobs like private flight attendant, you know, where you're uh, my, my actual boss, um, he didn't have to do with the company, like letting me go instead of the other guy a little bit, but my actual boss was fabulous, you know? And, um, but in general, that, that kind of job, hostesses and, and whatnot, they deal with this. It's like, I, I just have to put up with this or I'll be out of a job, right? And, there's, and I could report it, sure, and I could say the right thing, but it's not going to benefit me to do that. Nobody right? should ever have to put up with that. I don't care who you Nobody are. should. Nobody should. Guy, girl, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. So yeah. um, you talk about the name change, which, by the way, Neil means champion, Awesome. So, you know, uh, my daughter's name is Adia, A-D-I-A, and her name comes from Swahili and also the Sarah McLaughlin song. That's not where we got it. Stop writing me about that. Um, but but her name in Swahili means gift from God. So wow. there you go. And I don't know, my wife's name is Elizabeth. I don't I don't know what Elizabeth means. But in my mind, it means queen because she is my queen. Yeah. So there we are. Um, 
So was that really like your biggest aha moment for you? Was the name change? Was recognizing that, you know, you're walking into kind of this royalty, this, this again, not the lording over royalty, but you're a royal princess, queen, like you've been bestowed upon this. I think of Esther, like when I was reading over your stuff and it was very brief, by the way, on the website. I, I love that you give us more of an explanation. But when I was reading over that, like I kept hearing Esther, like the story of Esther, like she's called to save the people from genocide and her name even gets changed. Yeah. And, and so when I was reading over that, I was just thinking about that. So it was, was that your aha moment or was there another one? Um, yeah. And just uh, touching on the Esther, it's funny you say that because I actually, one of the things I like to do to just stay grounded is go to um, Benedictine monasteries and just hang out in silence and maybe mentor with the monks one of the days. And one of the fathers, Isaiah, up in the New Camaldoli Hermitage in Big Sur, which is one of my favorites, um, that was what I actually was there when I came down this last time was right when lockdown hit in California. And um, it was like, as soon as I came down the hill, uh, my phone started blowing up like that we're in lockdown. And um, he had said, you know, I think all that you're doing right now is for such a time as this. And, you know, he was quoting this from Esther. And um, but you have to remember a lot of these Bible stories. They're really scary in the middle. Like we all know the end. And so it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Esther saved her people. But you have to remember, like Esther could have been killed for simply coming in and announced. And so she's literally putting her life on the line to, and, and she's asking people to pray and fast for her. And sure, it all turns out good. And that's one thing that um, as I go through this time, even now, you know, where um, what we rely on as uh, capitalistic members of society, you know, money, uh, grant, again, like, I don't want to go through all that savings. And so I'm like, God, you know, like, when's the, when's this going to start coming in? Um, but trusting that every time throughout my story, he has come in, in that exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all I could hope or imagine kind of fashion. And so right now, as I'm start, as I'm working on projects that I believe will be fruitful, I know that if it's not this, it will be something beyond this that I could have ever imagined. And it will be painful until that hits, but it will come. And I, you know, he will be faithful to complete it. And I know that. And, and just like the Israelites, you know, would sing about how God, you know, freed them from the Egyptians and he parted the Red Seas and he gave them manna in the desert and, and how he provided through them throughout that whole Exodus time. Um, I encourage people that I, I coach just a couple of people and I do it to myself. I encourage myself to sing and repeat, you know, God brought me to Chile and taught me Spanish and God brought me, you know, to Houston to give me this amazing job of my dreams and, and bless me beyond all I could hope or imagine of finally sponsor the orphans I had always wanted to sponsor. And God did this for me and he did that and reminding myself that right before he gave me that job, that, you know, I was living this billionaire lifestyle and sponsoring my orphans and doing all this stuff I loved. I was like Disney princess throwing myself on a bed weeping that how in the world did I move to Houston? I've never like <laughs> never been here. I had no money left. I, you know, it was just literally weeping on my friend's bed. I had a towel so I wouldn't get it wet. <laughs> and, and that was the moment before the miracle. And so I want to encourage anyone out there listening who maybe is in that moment before the miracle or even feeling like they sh they're just done and they're not even going to hope for a miracle anymore, that that's normal. We The darkest before the dawn is often true. And those miracles really do come. Um, and it's, it's okay to be in the distress. You know, I kind of mentioned the other day to a friend, it's like, you know, if you were the Israelites leaving Egypt and you're at the Red Sea and it has not parted yet, and those chariots are getting closer. And you know, that you're like, you would be the one I am sometimes to God, what the heck, Moses, did you bring us out here to be killed by the, by the Egyptians instead? You know, and it was at that last minute, the seas parted. And if it wasn't at the last minute, then the Egyptians wouldn't have been consumed by it because they would have seen it closing up. And so like God uses all things and we can rest in that and know that he's always faithful and that, you know, it's, it's, and it's also okay to be scared, uh, but, but no, like be scared in a way that like, this is really hard or, or like be 
down a little bit, like, Lord, this is really hard right now. And just like David, you know, like I'm feeling crushed and I know you're faithful and I know that it's coming, but it, and it doesn't make this part feel any better though. Lord, you know, like, I think that's the part that we don't, um, acknowledge when we're talking to people about their hardships is we say, you know, it's going to get better. God's going to come through. And it's like, I know that. And it hurts right now. And it's hard right now. And I don't know how the mortgage is going to get paid. And, you know, like whatever the thing is, and especially in this last year we've been through where a lot of people are standing in line to get, you know, free groceries from the government. A lot of people are on the phone with unemployment, trying to get that to go through. A lot of people are going through hard things. And so to say like, Hey, it's going to get better is not enough. You know, you have to say it really hurts right now. And I understand that. And I feel your pain and let's believe and pray and know that God is faithful always. I love that. I love that a lot, actually. So I'm wondering about this. We've kind of danced around really, right? If we were dancing, which <laughs> I don't dance, like I, I can't <laughs> dance to save my life. I'm glad my life doesn't depend on my ability to dance. That might have been never mind. Uh, it would have been a story about my wife, and that would have cost a lot of money for me to share that story. But I say that because to me, I feel like we've kind of gone around in this little bit of a circle. We've talked about your book, but we kind of really haven't talked about it. So I'm curious <laughs> about this question. I haven't read it. Full disclosure, I have not read the book. I want to because I like to read all my guests' book if if possible. I'm sending you one. So, so for me. What is the greatest value, in your opinion, that I'm going to gain by reading your book? So, you know, I'm always hesitant. You know, we talk to marketing people and they say, let's selling the results and got to, you know, and so I'm always hesitant to really say that because though God is faithful and we have amazing results, um, they don't always come on our time schedule and they don't always look how we anticipated them to look. Um, most people who read it say, you know, it's really about living your best life ever. It's, um, it helps take guilt and shame off of you because, you know, to sin simply, oh, so the title of my book for those out there is called Sin Tastes Good. Let that sink in for a minute, but the <laughs> subtitle. Uh, say that one more time because I feel like you yeah, need so, to so the that. title is Sin Tastes Good. The subtitle is Nourishing Your Soul in an Empty Calorie World. And so we live in this world of empty calories. And we understand that if we sit on the sofa and eat pizza and ice cream all night long, every single day, that we will feel heavy and lethargic and probably not be able to climb a mountain and see the vista and do the activities we may enjoy doing. However, with our souls, we often feed our souls greed and lust and gossip and jealousy and all kinds of empty calories. And, and I might not have named your empty calorie, but fill in the blank, whatever that is, right? Um, we fit ourselves these empty calories, you know, even, uh, you know, just being sorry for ourselves sometimes, you know, I talk about it, like, it's important to feel pain and then it's important also not to wallow it. There's these really delicate balances God's created in life and it's beautiful. Um, and so, that's, but that's just missing the mark. We, the thing about if to sin means to miss the mark is that we can correct our aim. We can get better. And if you think of like a kid on an archery field, like maybe you, I had it in PE, you know, archery as a kid, or some people went to camp. And at first you're like hitting way off the field. You don't even hit the target, let alone the bullseye. And then, you know, your teacher comes and corrects your shoulders and your elbow and all that kind of stuff. And suddenly you're hitting the target and maybe even the bullseye and sin and life. And uh, as Richard Rohr would probably say, falling upward is much the same, you know, when we first become a Christian or we first start trying to follow Christ, we're gonna keep falling down. And we're, you know, if we're moralistic and just load guilt and shame on ourselves, you know, oftentimes I think just as if you told a kid who's trying to practice archery, you stink, you stink at that, you're no good. Eventually he's gonna stop and not wanna play that sport. And he's gonna walk off the field. And I think that's what we've done in Christianity. I think that when people have come to Christ with willing hearts and wanting to know the Lord, but haven't yet got their life perfect, um, we often guilt and shame them that, you know, you need to be perfect and stop falling and doing the same old sin. You're like a dog to the vomit, you know? Um, and then they're just like, well, maybe, 
maybe this Christianity thing's not for me. Maybe I can't be good enough for it. Right. And none of us are good enough. We know that like, that's why Christ came yet. We still hold others to this impossibly high standards and sometimes ourselves too. And so a lot of it is really about like, let's get behind the why I want to do this behavior instead of that behavior or this thought instead of that thought or this pattern instead of that pattern. And to repent, of course, means to make a 180 degree turn, to, to turn away from. And so again, we, that word, so these words, you know, have like a lot of uh, negative connotation on them in our society now. But if we think about, um, you know, if we're wanting to go left, like over here at the left, there are pots of gold and joy and every, you know, pleasure known to man, yet we are continuing to walk right. All we have to do is turn an about face and we can walk towards the pot of gold. And so that pot of gold is different for everyone. You know, like I said, God has made us for different purposes, different molds, different things bring us joy. And so the questions in the book are really formed to help you develop a deeper sense of connection with God, help you develop a deeper sense of what that purpose you have is. Some people don't even know what they want, you know, or know, and, or, you know, what the desires of their hearts are. And so really getting these questions and then getting into questions like, have I been judgmental? Have I judged others' faith? Have I judged my own faith? Am I harsh on myself? Um, and kind of just getting us to hold a mirror up and, wash off the dirt from our faces, you know, that has just clouded us from seeing clearly. Um, and so the biggest thing you'll get is a graceful heart, <laughs> to be honest. Like, and, and that's not something that we value in our country, in our world that much, but that's probably the one thing I could say, you will get this out of the book is a graceful heart. Other people have also said, you know, they have lived a much better life because the way that they approach their goals is a little different. The way they hold on to things is a little different. Um, but yeah, and trust me, like I said, I've created vision boards and manifested private jets and yachts out of those. Like that happens too, but the real gold in there is a change of heart. Which I think last time I checked, you can't buy that on Amazon or eBay, right? That's right. Just checking on that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's another website that I'm not aware of that you can buy. You can buy the book on Amazon, though. You can, so, you know. absolutely. You can buy so while you're there, shop, stop on over to buy a new heart. And, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's in the, uh, the shopping cart. So I'm curious about this because you've talked about God a couple of times, right? You've talked about, you know, it sounds like you're kind of pretty rooted in maybe the Bible. I don't want to say Christianity. By the way, my... Least favorite word, I think, is kind of starting to turn into Christianity, by the way. I agree. And I'll tell I you why. That in the book, too. Because Christianity, actually, if you're a Bible scholar, so if you're not, let me help you out. Three times. It only appears three times in the entire Bible. Now, I want to challenge you, not you, but those listening, and maybe you. I don't know if you want to take the challenge. I don't know. It's up to you. But how many times does the word disciple appear in the Bible? That's right. That's right. I'll give you a hint. It's way more than three. Just saying. So right. if I was going to ask you that, like, who do you say Jesus is to you? And then I want to, I want to follow up with just one last question to you. So, you know, it's so funny because every question you ask me, I'm like, there is no one answer for this. You know, <laughs> um, it, It's just, it's even more than the shoes. You know, it's funny because I, I keep a prayer journal and that's something I encourage people to do. Um, and you'll see, I mean, Abba, Father, obviously for God, but like for Jesus, you know, you'll see Lord, lover of my soul, um, you know, my good, good father for God, you know, and then of course, like this triune God, I feel like separating Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can sometimes be very, uh, a little bit of a challenge, but so it's like, and maybe the easiest answer, if I could give it one answer, would be like the very breath I breathe. And, um, I've heard a lot of monks describe, you know, Holy Spirit inspiration as inspiring, as breathing into, and that as long as we still breathe breath, and you think about that original uh, clay figure that God breathed his breath into, um, that would probably be, if I had to say one thing, he's my, my very breath, the every breath that I could breathe and my inspiration for everything that I do. I love asking that question because I never know the answer uh, that someone's going to give. Like I have my own answer, but these aren't my what's shoes, yours? you know? And so, um, so what's mine? Is that yeah. what it is? 
So mine is, is I, I tr I'm trying to make it succinct because I could go all day, right? So right? to me, Jesus is my everything. He's my Lord. He's my mm -hmm. Savior, as Thomas mm -hmm. would say, my Lord and my God. So Savior, yeah. kind of same thing. I think Jesus, I don't think I know, Jesus and God, they're one and the same. Right. Like Jesus is God. I heard this said years ago when I was in youth group, God in a bod on earth. <laughs> right. So that's, that's, that's Jesus, Jesus and God, one and the same. Now we can get yeah. into the Trinity and all that. And that gets complicated and right. we don't have time for all that. But I will, I will say this, that a friend of mine recently, he is in Texas and he uh, has a podcast called come to the table. He's doing some other podcasts now, but he turned me on to this word and I never heard it before this way, and it was Messiah, but it's not Messiah, it's Messiah. Mm -hmm. And it is the breath, and it's what mm -hmm. you're talking about. And I have another friend who has a podcast called The Air That I Breathe, and she mm -hmm. talks about this spiritual breath that she has, taking away her secular breath and giving her this new spiritual breath. And to me, that's awesome. Because I think there's a lot of us out there, especially with COVID and quarantine, our breath probably pretty stanky just saying so we need that <laughs> new spiritual breath that i think you're talking about there so last question um and then i want to give you an opportunity to tell us where we can get the book i mean i have some ideas but you probably have some better ideas so now i know you're in that flagstaff area and so we're gonna just pretend that we're kind of in arizona because i i love arizona i've never been there but back in 2017 this little arena it's not so little uh maybe you've heard of it State Farm Stadium, you've heard of that maybe? Yeah. Okay, so do you know the capacity of State Farm Arena? Do you know it by chance? Not a clue. Okay, so I Googled it just so we're, we're safe. So so Dr. <laughs> Google says, or, you know, Jeeves, asked Jeeves, you know, back in the day. But Google says capacity is at 78,600 people. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Back in 2017, in case you're wondering, Carolina won a national championship there, beat Gonzaga. Great game. Go watch it. It's on YouTube. But um, but I'm curious, like if we put you 50-yard line, because the Cardinals play there too, Arizona Cardinals. If we put you 50-yard line and I hand you this microphone that I'm talking into right now, and I say, Raina, you got the stage. You got all these people here. Like I said, 68,600 people, 50-yard line. What do you tell them? Hmm. You know, I think I would take a moment of silence and not a moment of silence to mourn anything or grieve anything necessarily, but a moment of silence to allow the creator of all things to speak to your heart, to stop all the incoming information for just a few minutes and allow the one that created your breath, that created your thoughts, that created your body to speak to you. Because I believe, and I would say this on the 50 yard line, I believe that that being God, Jesus, all in one, in a, <laughs> up in the sky now, up in the heavens, uh, is always speaking to us. Yet we have so much noise. I, I've been actually, because I am in LA at the moment, I've been muting the ambulances and things going by outside. You know, there's so much noise though um, from what we have to do, what we want to do, our, you know, everything that we're striving for that we don't silence and listen to that still small voice that has so much to tell us and that gives us gifts we didn't have to strive for. And when we listen to that voice, that's where all the joy comes from. And so I would be quiet and allow people to listen to that voice. So let's do something. Let's put your, your, let's put your principle into practice right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to go 10 seconds and you and I are just going to sit here for 10 seconds quietly. And I'm going to leave this into the episode but let's, let's see if we can do it. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. Believe it or not, that was 10 seconds. And I bet for some of you, you fast forwarded past that. <laughs> you're like, what, what just happened? Did, did you just quit talking? Did Renegus is quit talking what, what, what happened there like did did you have a malfunction no that was just 10 seconds 
Now imagine if you took that 10 seconds and you times it, you know, you continued to build on that. And every day for a week straight, you said, okay, I'm going to do a minute with just silence. I'm going to do two minutes. I'm going to do five minutes. I'm going to do 10 minutes. And then maybe you work up to an hour of mm-hmm. silence. I can't imagine being my, by the way, my mom would think it would be a miracle from God if I could be quiet and still for an hour, <laughs> not sleeping, but like awake. So I do want to offer too, actually, yes, if, please. You, if you go onto my YouTube, Raina Rose TV, um, there are one minute meditations as well as a guide into contemplative prayer. Uh, that's about, that one's about 10 minutes, but if you, you can often use a one minute meditation that can just kind of guides you towards listening um, you know, one minute before you go into the house after a long day at work where you're frustrated and you don't want to, you know, take that all out on your wife and kids or husband and kids, you know, you can use that one minute as you're transitioning into the office, one minute as you just before you go into prayer so that you're praying with the heart of God. Um, and so there's a few one minute meditations on there if you'd like to look, or if you're interested in what contemplative prayer looks like, which is more of a listening to God, um, than the, all the requesting of God. Uh, that's there as a resource. Yeah, because I think God wants us to listen too. He doesn't just want our <laughs> Amazon wish list. Like, here you go, God. Like, here you go. I used to say that. I still say. So my prayers used to be a laundry list of my problems to God, and then telling Him how to fix them. <laughs> and now it's a lot more listening. That okay, God, this is the desires of my heart. This is what I'm feeling, seeing, hearing right now. Where do I go with this? Well. I'm not trying to make fun of your name by any means, but but being the queen, right? You have to be royalty. You're like, listen, God, I'm the queen. You're the king. Let me just go ahead and do this for you. Knock yourself out. So uh, anyway, yeah. so, uh, so Raina, how can people get the book? Because we're going to link it. You don't know this. This is a little surprise to you. We're going to link it on books that we love right on our website. So right now, oh, go please. there right now, OPSpodcast.com. Click on books that I love, and it's going to be right towards the top, right underneath that amazing book called Carolina Way, just down a little ways. You'll see Raina's book there. You can't miss it because the book cover, by the way, begs to for somebody to read. That's what intrigued me about it too, by the way, talking about looking at the outside cover, oh, right? yeah. dredging the book by its cover. I did that fully, but how can people and go and do that if they don't want to go to our website for some weird reason? <laughs> you know, and I just want to touch on one thing as the queen, um, God calls us to reign in life and Christ calls us heirs, co-heirs with him. So we are truly all called to be uh, kings and queens in Christ, right? And again, that's not a, a Lord over people kind of king and queen. That is a God's kingdom. And this is the section of his kingdom that he's called me to serve and watch over and and be the shepherd of, right? And we don't all have to be pastors to be a, a shepherd. We're, we're sheep and shepherd all at the same time. And so, uh, I, again, I just want to touch, we are all, and that's something that I think as God's lifted me up to, here be this queen it's also show other people how to be kings and queens because that's what i've called them to do is reign in life and that means all the days of our lives um and so yeah you can go to amazon get the book but make sure you go to uh the podcast uh, website because i'm really excited to just be on this list of books that you love and yeah the cover i'd love to if you want to um just reach out to me on Instagram or on my website. Website's Raina-Rose.com and Instagram is Raina Rose TV. That's my across all the social platforms. But if you let me know, just like what did you think of the book cover? What did you think as you started going through the book? Because I love hearing that feedback because the book was really designed to attract both the believer and non-believer, right? It's someone who wouldn't necessarily read a book that said, develop a new heart in Jesus, you know? <laughs> Um, and, and it asks tougher questions than that. And so I, I'm really excited to hear your feedback because I know that if you listen to a show like this, that you have a, a deep heart for the real things of life and life abundantly. Well, at least that's our hope, right? <laughs> I think so. I've listened to a couple episodes. That's our right? hope. We, we, we strive for that. Well, I say we, it's it's really just me and my little friend Lenny over here. It's my <laughs> garden, my green garden gnome. So I'm wearing green yeah, today. So, for St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. Better so, have put on some green. Exactly, right? I, before I leave, I make sure I have some green. I need a green North Carolina shirt. That's on the Amazon wish list. So if anyone wants to help out with that, let me know. All right. So, uh, so Raina, you're fantastic. I love that you came on. Love that you gave us a moment today. But it would not be a great episode without playing our amazing game called senseless so here we go five senses you're aware of that i hope right okay you know that we have those five senses right 
Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know so. you're in that fitness space. You've done some nutrition stuff. So really hope that. So five senses and then sixth uh, die in here. And you can see the die because we're zooming um, is the wild card. So let's see what you get in the famous North Carolina cup. Cause you know, it's a lot of Carolina stuff in here. All right, here we go. I love it when this happens. So I'm not cheating. What number is that? One. Okay, see, she, I didn't even tell her, like, you guys are like, you mouthed to her what to say. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm not cheating at my own game. Stop emailing me and telling me that I'm cheating at my own game. All right, so here we go. Senseless, uh, question number one is this. How, and I think you've answered this, but but maybe more succinctly, how do you want others to see you, maybe your legacy or, you know, when all things are said and done, what would be said about you that people would be able to see about you? She loved. And why is that so important? You know, it it may sound cliche that Jesus, when asked, you know, the greatest commandment was to love God and, and love others. And it, that really does sum up again, like you said, sometimes the word Christian and Christianity it gets so watered down and, you know, even honestly, when I was making my journey back to Christ at a prodigal point in my life, I couldn't use the word Jesus because it was just so cliche. People are like, Jesus loves you. I don't. Here's a pamphlet. You know, what would Jesus do? Jesus, Jesus. And I had to say Christ. So, you know, but if I have loved, that is Christ. That is God. That That is what God is love. And so, you know, not necessarily that they would say she's a Christian or that she even loved Jesus, but just that she loved. She loved God. She loved people. And then, and then that inspired others to love too. I think that's my like lifelong goal is to yeah. know him, him being God mm -hmm. and to make him known. Yeah. And, and I think if I do those two things, I feel like I've, I feel like I, there's a sense of purpose in my life and I think there's a sense of fulfillment in doing those things. Yeah. And the only way to do that is through being love. And that's being God. And, you know, as we think about that breath breathed into us, that is where we get to be the love of Christ because we are breathed into by that very breath. Yeah. I love that a lot. So, uh, Raina, thanks so much for coming on. Of course, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It has been just a joy and an honor. And, you know, I look forward to listening to more episodes. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. I just want to remind you of this as we close out today, guys and gals alike, is ask yourself this question. I know I've been saying it a lot this this season, but but how do you see yourself and how do you see others around you? And really dig into that question. Really ask yourself, who am I and who do I want to be? We just sat with an amazing young woman who says, you know what? I'm not going to allow that old me to, to continue to be defeated, to continue to be broken. No. In fact, not only am I going to rise like a butterfly, and I know that sounds weird and you probably got lost a little bit there, but, but hang with me. But there's a power in when the rose finally comes into bloom. And let me tell you, maybe 2021 needs to be your blooming moment. Let that be your challenge this week is how can you bloom and how can you grow where you're planted? Let me know how that goes for you. You can reach out to us, of course, at OPSpodcast.com. Right there, just hit that connections tab. Let me know what you do. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter. I don't care. I want to know if you took this challenge seriously and if you're really going to blossom and grow into the rose that you were created to be. Because we all have this fragrant sea about us. It's up to us whether we want to stink if we want to smell. So I'm just saying, let that be your lesson this week. And again, just remember this, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. I want to thank Raina again one more time. And guys, stay tuned until next week when we walk in other people's shoes. Thank you so much for joining us on Other People's Shoes. As you know, I am your host, Neil Matthews. want to thank Raina one more time for coming on. Isn't she just amazing? And if you're wondering more about her book, please right now go check out books that I love at OPSpodcast.com. You can't miss it. I'm telling you, that cover, it's going to grab you. It's going to entice you. Might even cause you to pick it up and maybe read it. So if you want to know more about that, of course, check out our show notes. We, of course, have list all of Raina's information in our show notes of how you can get in touch with her and how you can get yourself a copy of her book. And if you want to hear more about what she's doing, please jump over to YouTube and just search Raina Rose. 
TV. You can find her there over on YouTube. Pretty cool stuff. Speaking of cool stuff, I want to give you a little sneak peek of next week's episode. In fact, here it is now. And we printed money. You know, we did well, but then we lost everything when the market crashed because I did not listen to my mentors. And I was squatting in a house, home, literally homeless, squatting in a house with my dog. And then I get a call that my little brother stuck a gun in his mouth and killed himself. So I lost uh, a lot with my life um, in, in my thought process and whatnot. And I felt abandoned. And luckily somebody handed me a book by Andy Andrews called The Traveler's Gift. And it's, it's a business parable. Andy Andrews is a Christian comedian, fantastic book. And it just really started applying those principles. So that is right. Next week, we're going to be sitting down with the one, the only Scott Ferguson. And let me tell you, next week is going to be your time to shine. You're going to hear more about that next week, what that means. But I'm telling you right now, if you hang out with Scott Ferguson long enough, you're going to just shine. It's just going to happen. I know it. Guarantee may pending. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, join us next week as we sit down, as I said, with Scott Ferguson. But until then, just know this. I really want to connect with you. So how can you do that? There's really two best ways to do that. If you want to drop us a line in on our connections page, OPSpodcast.com, click on connections, drop me a little note in there. If you don't like to write things, which I get it from time to time, we don't want to write things down. Drop me a little voice memo or a voice message. You can do that also straight from the website, OPSpodcast.com. And until then, remember this. Remember, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. Join me right back here next week as we walk in other people's shoes.